0: Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world, with Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com.
1: Sharma Avedisian, welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism. Give it all a good hard shake and pour. Dress it with the olives of grace and empathy. Sit back, sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. Add a Party hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini. The show that tries to sort out what's true, what's woo, and what gets flushed down the loo in today's You're Insane If You Believe the Official Story on Ukraine. Please know it's the deep state you are subsidizing if the crane is what you are monetizing. Watching the CDC backpedaling while the white hats are upping their strategic meddling, what bizarre twists and turns will we encounter next in our misinformed, miss the point, misrepresented, audible little world? as always my darlings we try to do this with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day we are not always successful i'll admit to that but we are honor bound to give it our best shot and on this show the metaphysical martini show we do love the odd shot yes we do in fact. Just for you, and I do this for you, let me take a little sip of my drinky poo just to make sure the cocktail of the day is worthy of your appreciation. Yes, it is. We can carry on with the show now. Yes, we can. Yes. Ah, oh, darlings, if you're joining us for the first time, a very warm welcome to you. Be advised, we don't do politically correct on this show because we do not wish to erode our intellect. We are not woke, we don't wear face cloaks, and, uh, you know, we know the truth behind the evil poke. If you believe the government works in your best interests, and if you believe mainstream news tells the truth, this show is not for you. Martini Heads, well, we're spiritually centered and awake, not woke. We know who runs the world. We know how, and we know why, and we don't like it. Our mission is to expose and overthrow whatever you wish to call deep state ideology. And it's no easy task when the world is populated by people who have exchanged critical thinking for centralized convenience and their sovereignty for slavery and a bag of cheap sausages. What do we have planned for you today? I don't know. There's papers all over my desk. Let's take a look. In addition to quack, questions, answers, and comments, the main meat of our show, and of course, the cocktail of the day, my favorite part of the show, we have a light language transmission from Sam, which we'll be doing later on. And as tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day, a day I prefer to celebrate with the Druids, not the Saints, I will share the story of Finn McCool, and to further taunt you with my taunting, I will sing my version of an old Irish folk song, Astor McCree, and don't worry, darlings, I'll give you plenty of notice. If you don't want to hear me sing, you can run to the kitchen and make yourself a cup of tea and a sandwich until it's over, and I'm sure that will be a popular choice, but I'm going to sing it anyway, so there. All right, well, let's get the ball rolling then with quack questions, answers, and comments. If you would like to share the contents of your fabulous minds on this intergalactically acclaimed show, send your emails to me, Ani at ArnieAvadisian.com, or via snail mail to Cosmic Ani, P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon, 97070, USA. And don't forget to let me know if and how you wish to be identified, or I shall refer to you as omit personal details. Let's get on with it. Let's shake up the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity and see what pops out. Shakey, shaky, shaky, shaky. All right, here's one. Our first missive is from Leslie in Pinner. And that's in Greater London, for those who don't know. Um, I think that's where Elton John comes from. Um, But this letter has nothing to do with Elton John. So Leslie in Pinner says, After years of being trapped in the dark matrix, as you call it, Honey, something snapped inside my head and I am awake. It is painful on so many levels, but I am glad it happened. I feel as though my life has been a dream, a waste of energy, I lost 36 years to brainwashing. I did whatever they told me to do. I listened to the magic box. I read the magic papers and I obeyed. It feels as though someone kicked me very hard in the stomach. Awakening is painful. I am nauseated. And when I'm not nauseated, I have headaches. I know it will pass, but right now it hurts. Also. I am craving chocolate, particularly Cadbury's fruit and nut, (laughs) and I'm craving Greg's pies. I eat a whole bar of Cadbury's chocolate every day and two of Greg's steak bakes every day. I don't know how chocolate pies and awakening are connected, but I hope my cravings subside because I'm already a few pounds over optimum. And thank you for the show and for awakening us with humor, but if I pack on the pounds, I'm blaming you. Leslie, darling, I refuse to take the blame for your pending obesity. You're a big girl, no pun intended. Put the pie down, girl. Put the pie down, because, you know, the mixture of pie and chocolate, not the deep state, might be the reason for your nausea and your headaches. I understand why we like to eat pies, That like the carbs, they calm us down. And then the chocolate, you know, the sugar, it perks us up. But if you put that in your body every day, you're playing bouncy, bouncy castle with your emotions. It's not good. It's all inside you, Leslie, churning up like an unholy mash of malevolence. Yes, awakening is hard, but it's necessary if we're going to move into the new golden age. And you haven't wasted 36 years, Leslie, you haven't. You mustn't think of it that way. Instead of thinking it's a waste, congratulate yourself for seeing through a well-funded and expertly created illusion. Good for you. I applaud you. The man has lost a minion and the light has gained a courageous illuminated co-creator. So, darling, go easy on yourself. Now you have connected the dots. You will never be the same. You are in a better place, a much better place, because you can see through and beyond the dark matrix. And that, my darling, is where we find the authentic self. The only advice I have for you, besides eliminating the junk food pronto, is to allow yourself to process your new cosmic vantage point. Learn how to meditate and start some daily exercise Because you want all the frustration to leave both your physical body and your energy body. Don't greenhouse gas yourself with trapped emotions. Move it all out and keep it moving. Leslie, darling, welcome to the light. Together we will navigate the new golden world to come. Da-da-da-da. All very exciting stuff, yes. Yes. All right, let's take another question from the fishbowl, shaky, shaky. And this is, oh, I remember this one. <clears throat> this is from Ranveer in Queens, New York, who asks I have lived here for almost 20 years. People keep saying America is based on freedom, but the indigenous people were killed by Europeans who came and took over. What do you make of that? How can you say that and support? So, how can you see that and support America, especially as your people, Ani, too, were victims of genocide? No one is free on stolen land. You know, this comes up on the show every so often. And um, Ranveer, I'll go out on a limb here and make the assumption that Ranveer is an Indian name. And I'll make the assumption that Europeans and others came here for the same reason you did, to make a better life for themselves. Nobody wants to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because this is my purpose in life, is to come down to this planet, piss people off by telling the truth and not being politically correct. All right, America, was there conquest? Yes. Was there fighting? Yes. Did the indigenous people lose the fight? Yes. And this cycle of events is not limited to American history. It repeats all over the world, eon after eon. As for my people, I'm assuming you're referring to my Armenian race ancestry and the genocide of 1915, not to my British people where I lived the first 30-odd years of my life, or the people of Cyprus, the land of my birth, or the Americans, my adopted homeland, or Spain, where I lived for a while, or Italy, where I lived for a while. Um, As for my people then, the Armenians, there was conquest. People stronger than my people travelled to the land of my people and kicked my people's asses. Their race became the dominant race. And my race did not. How do I feel about that, Ranveer? Shit happens, baby. We lost. What's the point of crying boo-hoo unfair and all of that when clearly the fight was lost? Now, this is important. America's sacred purpose is not declared null and void because of British, French and Spanish greed. The sacred purpose stands, and it stands today more so than ever because America was destined to be the last bastion of freedom against the rising tyranny of new world order. Luciferians, globalists, you know, that lot. And under Trump and the White Hats, it made great headway by exposing the swamp of corruption. And because of corruption... The bad guys gained the upper hand once again, so Russia had to step in and fly the freedom flag. That's what's going on in the Ukraine for anybody who is believing the mainstream news and not really looking at what's actually happening there. Ranveer, darling, I love you, but I find your comments immature. Slogans such as no one is free on stolen land are immature. The land wasn't stolen, Ramvir, it's still here. There was conquest and stewardship changed. Battles were fought. One side won, the other side lost. And if we don't stop pouting and shouting like a bunch of clueless sophomores, it will change once again and be incorporated into new world order, which will be a farmer fueled dystopian landscape populated by corporate overlords and their microchipped, barcoded post-human automatons. Instead of getting all worked up and emotional about past events, events we can learn from but that cannot be changed, I suggest we take a look at where we are now. Because unless we are fully present in the now, we cannot make plans for the future and for the changes in the future that are so sorely needed. That's how I feel, because I'm a sensible person. A little extra note I suppose I could add to that is, well, visiting extraterrestrials notwithstanding, there is only one race on this planet, and that would be the human race. So the problem we have with each other, it seems, is ethnic or cultural differences. In metaphysics, unity is achieved through respecting diversity. And no one wants to have a sensible conversation about this, do they? Emotion gets in the way and all sides call each other racist. And so-called racism isn't all white on black. I mean, travel the world, pay attention, then come back and share your observations. The day may come, I hope it does, when earthlings learn not to fear diversity. One day the people of planet Earth may even realize they are creations of one pure source energy, and care not one jot if their ethnic blood mixes with another. Until then, and I believe we're a ways off, but until then, stop listening to the perceptual engineers and the propagandists whose job it is to feed you pre-digested conclusions. Wanting to preserve one's bloodline does not make one a racist. And the last sentence applies to all earthlings and all bloodlines. There's another conversation nobody wants to have. There is rich history in a pure bloodline. There is power in a pure bloodline. And when people on this planet get their emotional shit together, there will be great power in merging those bloodlines. Until then, let's all grow up, shall we? Thank you, Rambia, in Queens, New York. All right, let's take another question from our fishbowl, and this is from Omic Personal Details, who says Dear Annie, is it possible for a ghost spirit to be trapped on earth realm forever and never make it to heaven? Ooh, what a terrible thought. Um well I suppose anything is possible. But Earth won't be around forever in physical form, and anything trapped will be taken back home eventually. It's sort of God's no-soul-left-behind program. It is very important that a soul returns to its planet's heaven in between incarnations. So we can all play a part in this, people. We can all play a part in liberating trapped ghosts. So if you feel a wherever you are, it doesn't matter, if you feel you're in the presence of such energies, you know you can sort of sense them, but you can't hear them or see them enough to have a conversation with them, just take a moment to pray or connect with the divine and say things along the line of, hey, God, hi. I can't be sure, but I think there's a soul here that needs to move on. Could you send someone to check it out, please? Thank you. You see, we all have to go to heaven so we can have our life review and we can take a look at this life that we've just had, um, make peace with it, and then merge back into our cumulative soul consciousness, and then because you know we don't think like humans on the other side, we're all gung-ho to come back and have another go, aren't we so um thank you very much for your question, Omit, let's take another one, and this is from Janice, who's in Tacoma, Washington, and she says, Ani. All this awakening, it's ruined my social life. Now that the mask mandates are over, mostly, and we can go out for food and drink, I find I have no friends left. Joking apart, I find I'm very lonely. How do you deal with the loneliness? I feel empty. I'm not sure how else to describe it. I live alone, and, well, that doesn't help. All right, Janice, darling, it's temporary, it really is, and you're not empty. You're just accustomed to the noise that goes around with socializing and just being with people. If this COVID-schmovid crap hoax has taught us anything, it has taught us a great deal about our friends. Now, it's always been a good time to be the authentic self, but now, during the greatest awakening this planet has ever seen, It's essential, and it would appear unavoidable. I would take advantage of the loneliness. I would record your thoughts, your experiences, you know, over this last two years. And why not play a little game called, who am I? Where do I come from? Where do I want to go? Tribal relationships are shifting big time. And you will find your peeps soon enough, because this year is going to be a game changer for Earth's civilization. Now, living alone. You know, better to live alone right now, I think, Janice, in your case, than to have a housemate and then find out that that housemate is no longer someone you want to live in, uh, live with. So since we have the luxury of being alone, oh, read some books, read some books. Reading is a wonderful way to overcome the loneliness, and I would choose an epic with heroes and heroines and and swords and lightning and twisting storylines, because it will keep you amused until you meet your new real-life friends. A lot of people are calling in and telling me that they are lonely. It is definitely the new norm. But that's only until we redistribute the tribal patterns. Um, it's going to be much better on the other side, I promise everyone. Just don't feel lonely, get to know yourself. And another letter, and this comes from, well, I don't have permission to to say the name, so I guess it comes from Omid Personal Details, who says, Arnie, what is the least painful process you can offer to someone who wants to become their authentic self? Yes, we did sort of have a lot of authentic self um, (laughs) issues this week. Um, And I'm going to giggle now. Uh, What is the least painful process you can offer to someone who wants to become their authentic self? Okay. Well, um, forgive the giggle. I applaud anyone who wants to do that. And such processes are rarely painless. But I can offer some excellent tips to get you started to see if indeed you have the courage and the stamina to explore whatever the authentic self is. First of all, for 21 consecutive days, ask yourself this question and keep a written record of your response. Who am I? It can be one sentence, one page, one PhD dissertation or one short paragraph. 21 days. Let's see how different each of those 21 responses are. And then I think you need to take a look at uh, how shall I do this? What will be the quickest and the least painful way to get you to explore? This is something I use in my mentorship programs. I would define the following in your own words.
2: What do the following words mean to you, Omit? Integrity. Respect. Stewardship, responsibility, spirit of sportsmanship, leadership, service, honesty, honor, courage, open mindedness, duty, conformity, tradition. Sovereignty, adventure, empathy, grace, stamina, commitment, devotion, loyalty, dependability, malice, evil, domination, gossip, self loathing, adultery. Hmm. You see,
1: that's going to take you a while. And it takes us a while to figure out if we actually do have the stamina and the commitment to do something. Um, If anybody wants a list of that, uh, just email me. So the authentic me, it seems a lot of people are coming to the conclusion that time spent in loneliness is forcing them to ask questions about who am I. And that pleases me because each one of us Truly, we are a universe unto ourselves. Um, I'm going to share a little story with you that I learned a very, very long time ago. And it's about finding our core moral values, because it's very easy to say we'll never compromise our core moral values. But we live in a physical realm, and this physical realm is filled with illusion, trickery and temptation. So here's a story of a couple of blokes, um, ancient uh, Asia somewhere. One's young and one's old. And uh, the older one is walking down the riverbank when he sees the younger one sitting, having a bit of lunch, uh, you know, there by the river. And he goes up and he goes, hey, youngster, why are you eating dry bread? And the youngster replies, honorable elder, I do not have the coin for anything more. Hmm. But young man, dry bread will not sustain you. If you cannot afford better food, perhaps you could steal some. Oh, no, Honourable Elder, I don't think that's a good idea. If I'm caught, I'll go to prison. I'll have even less to eat and I might get beaten up. Hmm. Would you like to have more money? Of course I would. What would you do for a lot of money? Honourable Elder, I am willing to work for it. But you are low caste, young man. You could never make a lot of money through work. No, sir, perhaps not, but I can make enough to eat. Hmm. Wouldn't you like to have more than just that? Honourable elder, yes, I would, but it does not seem likely, does it? And then they just sat there by the river for a bit. And in a while, the honourable elder says to the young man, kill a man for 10 coins no i would not hmm. would you kill a man for 100 coins i would not kill a man for 100 coins honorable elder hmm. if i offered you 300 coins would you kill a man for that no honorable elder i would not take a man's life for 300 coins I see, said the older gentleman, you have principles. And the younger man smiled and he was contented and pleased. And he continued to chew on his really crappy hard bread. In a while, the elder said to him, young man, if I offered you 5,000 coins, golden coins to kill someone, would you do it? Young man's jaw dropped. He was silent for a while. His face contorted just a little, and he seemed uncomfortable in his skin. The bread seemed to give him indigestion. And after a few minutes, he replied, For five thousand gold coins, I would consider it. I see, said the honourable elder. "Hmm." Would you do it for 250 gold coins? Certainly not, said the youngster. What kind of a man do you think I am? I know what you are, said the Honourable Elder. I'm just trying to find out how much you charge. Earth is a very difficult planet, my darlings. Um, you know, we're all working hard to define our core moral principles and working even harder in this crazy time to stick to them do we have time for a couple more questions i think we do so let's do it um let's see what else comes out of our little fishbowl of perpetual perplexity gosh i love saying that okay and this one is from intergalactic ginger from gilligan's island now Going out on a limb, doll, I don't think that's your real name. But if you're intergalactic Ginger from Gilligan's Island, that's what I'm going to call you. And uh, she writes, I'm, I'm assuming it's a she, um, hello, mad shaman Ani. With things in this world seemingly crazy all around us, how do we cultivate and hone our ability to discern between true good gut sense and a heightened sense of threat perception, due to everything that is happening. For instance, I am unjabbed and have deep concerns about inviting folks who've had the shots into my home. My gut says my concerns are valid. And yet, I don't want to be paranoid and lose my innate sovereignty over the perceived and strongly held awareness that exposure to potential shedding might be best avoided. What are your thoughts on this? And thank you ever so much. I think a lot of us are going through this right now, uh, Intergalactic Ginger. We really are. So it's difficult to get across to people that we're afraid of something they don't think exists and we can't actually see. But here's the thing. You know, in your heart of hearts. That people who are not jabbed are getting sick around people who are jabbed and that shedding or transmission, I think is probably a more accurate word, is a thing. So that's not paranoia, is it? I mean, if somebody said to you, hey, I have smallpox, but can I come for tea? No one would call you paranoid for saying, oh, no, darling, if you have smallpox, you can't come for tea. So you have discerned truth from paranoia. It's just how you explain it to people as graciously and as gently as possible. You are sitting on a mountain of unimpeachable evidence that mainstream news will not share with people, but your assumption is correct. There is danger. So there's no paranoia involved in that. Your gut is correct, and your gut is backed up by hard evidence. So you're fine in the mental health department. Go in peace, intergalactic ginger from Gilligan's Island. And I think we can take another one um, before we move on. Just, just one more, I think. And this is from Woman Wandering in Whiskeytown, Comifornia. Who are you people? I don't know who you are, but you're definitely my people. Um, dear Shaman Ani. I've been spending some time lately trying to figure out if maybe the human race is a race we're losing, and rightly so. It just appears to me that the level of insanity, gross hypocrisy, mass hypnosis, and sheeple-ism continues despite the mountains of evidence and truth that are being revealed. Did we perhaps choose to incarnate on this planet at this time to actually experience the concept of losing to the dark hats? Is that even possible? I would love to know what you think and feel about this, and thank you for your wise and learned insights. No need to suck up, wandering whiskey woman from Comifornia. Um, Okay, all things are possible. I will always say that, because if you deal with anomalies, you know that all anomalies are possible. But no, I don't think that we as a collective go, let's ruin planet Earth and lose to the collective darkness. Let's just know what it's like to lose as a collective and lose the planet, if indeed that is possible, because all things are recycled and go back into source. I think that there are many people that are playing the contrast, because after all, you know, years and years of corruption. And no one pointed it out until Trump and the White Hats came forward to bring it into the into the fore, into the main view of the people. Um, So I think many people have chosen to act like idiots for the contrast to show how stupid, uh, you know, this whole hoax is. But I'm going to just break this down real quick. Um, No, I don't think as a collective we would come down and choose to experience mass losing the war to Lucifer, but a wonderful question. And, um, you know, I really appreciate you sending it in. She wrote here at the bottom. P.S., you may need another martini to answer this one. Um, I have learned in my life that when I have another martini, um, nothing really goes well. Uh, I'll just stick with one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for all your questions. Keep them coming because that is the meat of the show. And it also gives me a reason for living, my darlings. So, what shall we do now? Hang on a minute. <laughs> We have something a little bit special for you. And I hope my producer is awake on standby there. I talked about language of light on my last podcast. You know, these are channeled transmissions. They bypass the logic centers of the brain that we're accustomed to using, and they speak directly to our being and the body at the subatomic DNA level. And this means that we get out of our own way and we allow healing, we allow profound change to come. Into our life experience. And today I want to play some for you. And this is from a lovely chap called Sam. And you can find his language of light on his Telegram page Sam's Light Language Transmissions. Sam's Light Language Transmissions. Now, when you hear light language for the first time, it really sounds a bit weird. But I urge you to stick with it because once you see how helpful it is, you'll be glad you did. So let's do it. Let's play some of Sam's light language transmissions. Take it away.
0: Hello and welcome to a light language transmission for Ania Vedician's Metaphysical Martini. Thank you for this opportunity, Ani. Attention martini heads. Light language may induce visions or sleep in some people. So please be in a seated or lying down position until you know how this session will affect you. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. (laughs) An on the one one zero five six two one seven nine. Wally, as we did, as we as we we as as we I one to 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 going no one all the going to be good good is <laughs> going to be good with well, grimmith grimmith one going to one more time is going one going to one is going to going to one more time is going to going to one more time is going to to one more one more is going one getting four, 2, for the ones getting what is do you music going with going to get i get going to with with going to Ali has we don't to Eight two four nine six eight two nine seven one two four next fix one six one two three one. we are going to mean one. is way it was it was gonna be in one the was gonna in the all the ways is going to be get him is get him is get is get him good get him is is get All we on, we we are on. as one, one. Yeah, one one, as one. on, we all we as a we always And we learn one, one, zanya, got his meeting, One and then, one, one, one O oh, Lian wian zin yin yin sin win yin O oh, mian zin yin wan yin zang yan zin yun win yin zin O oh, mian zin yin wins yin wins yin, win, yin. yin zin yin wan yin zin yin wan yin zin yin wan zin yin wa voa wa za voa he za
2: Wow. You know, it always takes me a minute or
1: so to come back from Sam's transmissions because most of the time I'll go into rapid eye movement. Um, I was listening to his one for joint pain the other day because I ate a bunch of peanut butter because I'm an idiot and I'm allergic to peanut butter. And I had so much pain in my joints, I was almost in tears. And I listened to his joint pain one, 80% of my pain went away. I kid you not. And I had a good night's sleep. And I'm going to listen to it again today. So that's Sam's Light Language Transmissions on his Telegram page. Go check it out. He's got protocols for just about everything, I think. Um, Thank you, Sam, for sharing that with us. And God bless you for all of the work that you do to alleviate suffering um, for mankind. Um, And folks, you know, if you are lonely and you need a like-minded community, uh, join our Ani Mad Shaman Avedisian chat page on Telegram. Ani Mad Shaman Avedisian chat for the martini heads, for the people who follow me on social media, and the people who watch my YouTube and bit shoot videos. It's an awakened, not woke community of spiritually centered patriots who understand America's purpose on the world arena because we understand how the world works, who runs it, and why. And we do hope you join us. We are spirit centered. We are a little bit silly and we're a jolly good laugh. Um, Check us out, why don't you? All right. And now let's move over St. Patrick. Bye bye St. Paddy, because tomorrow it may be your day, but in my house it's Remember the Druid's Day. And I have created a segment which I call, How Cool Was Finn? And it is of course the story of Finn McCool, and who was this Irish bad boy and why do we care? Well, let's explore. It's a short story. Um, the story of Finn McCool and the giant's causeway goes something like this. The Northern Island was once home to a giant called Finn McCool. When another giant, Ben and Donna from Scotland, threatened the Emerald Isle, McCool, in a fit of rage, tore up the Antrim landscape and flung its pieces towards the sea. The result was a pathway from land to sea for Finn McCool to reach his nemesis, Ben and Donna. The tables turned, however, when McCool realized the absolute mount, the might of Ben and Donna. He was very big and he was very strong, much bigger and much stronger than Finn McCool. So retreating in haste, McCool went back to his wife and said, Oh my God, I might have made a really bad mistake. You know, this dude's really big. But his wife, was very savvy and she came up with an ingenious idea because you see there was no doubt that Ben and Donna was going to come after McCool and indeed he did and when Ben and Donna finally arrived and saw McCool's house he knocked on the door and his wife opened And she said, oh, hello, large, giant Scottish person thing. Um, McCool's out right now, but why don't you come in and meet his infant son? What the wife had done is she had taken McCool himself wrapped him up in swaddling clothing and put him in this sort of makeshift cot and convinced Ben and Donna that this was McCool's baby. And when Ben and Donna looked at that, he went, oh, my God, if this is how big the baby is, how big is Finn McCool? And he sort of was, well, flooded with horror. And uh, he thanked the wife and said, well, um, I'll just go now. I'll leave Ireland. Um, and as he ran away, he destroyed a lot of the giant's causeway. And so... He did that, particularly to put as much distance between him and Finn McCool as possible. And what you see today, well, that's what's left of the path that once the giants walked between Ireland and Scotland. And there you have it, darlings. That is the abbreviated version of the story of Finn McCool and the giants' causeway. And now, sweethearts, in order in honor, I should say, of the fallen Druids, and also as a tribute to Gurleen. Gurleen was a very special dog, was very cherished by her companion, a very special Irish lady called Joan. And Gurline made her transition recently, and although we know she is happy in heaven, her mummy will miss her ever so much. So in honour of Gurleen and also of all the fallen Druids and all things Irish, which I love so very much, I am going to taunt you all with my version of A a Cree, a cappella, just to taunt you more. Um, and I hope that after I do sing this for you, I will not be denied entry into
2: the Emerald Isle. So A Stormacree for you all, from my heart to your heart. A storm cree, when you're far away, from the home you will soon be leaving. It's
1: many's the time, by night and by day, when your heart will be sorely grieving. For the strangers, lands may
2: be bright and fair, rich in its treasures golden, but your pine I
1: know for days long, long ago,
2: and for the one that is never olden A stored
1: In a stranger's land There is plenty of wealth And wailing Where gems adorn The great and the grand Where the faces with hunger Are failing When the road it is tiresome And hard to tread And the lights of their cities Blind
2: you a tune a stole a stone, shore, and the
1: one that you leave behind you. a stone, a cream, when the a a mist over oh, mountain and sea is falling. Or turn a store, and then you list, and maybe you will hear me calling for the sound of a voice you will surely miss somebody speedily returning.
2: A room. won't
1: you come back soon to the one
2: that will always love you Hmm.
1: i do love that song so very very much and i think my darlings um we have time just to fit in a very quick Tarot, a go-go, <laughs> a little what-the-heck with our favorite tarot deck. Now, darlings, I think we didn't get to it last time. Um, so the card for today is the Eight of Pentacles. And as we look at this card, what we see is a little chap. Um, he's actually carving on coins. He is carving out a living. So this is really a work card, and pentacles are to do with money. So when I look at this, I get the impression I'm actually making money or studying to make money. It could be apprenticeship, education, craftsmanship, you know, job training, acquiring skills. But it is about absorption in your work, because he's very intent, this little chap. Um, He's making good use of his talents. That's what I feel about this card. Um, You know, care with money, cautious investing. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to learn the proper way. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to do it right. So in the upright position, we can definitely say that work is fulfilling. It's enjoyable for the most part. And of course, if you're doing something that you love and you use your skills wisely, why wouldn't it be? So when you get this card, it could mean many things, of course, because we know how tarot goes, but it generally means you're on the right path and that your work will pay off. Your time, your effort, all of this will pay off if you do your homework and you take your job seriously and you're honorable. um, Yeah, you should be able to make money and manage it wisely. So let's turn it upside down or the challenged position, as some might call it, and let's see how we feel. Because in the upright position, it's a lovely little card. It's like, oh, I'm going to do my work. I'm going to make money. Oh, what a happy little insect I am. It's all lovely. But now that I've turned it upside down, mm, I don't feel very good about it. It makes me feel that I'm sort of cheating a bit. I'm not doing my due diligence. Um, I'm pretending to enjoy my work. I'm pretending to work. There's something about the misuse of skills here and shortcuts and shoddy workmanship. Um, you know, uh, not really interested. I just want to get my paycheck. I'm just going to sit and play computer games when the boss is not looking at me. I'm going to rip people off because they have more money than me that's the sort of feeling and of course it could mean you know that you're going to be unemployed um and that you're not very happy about that hmm what else am i getting from this in the upside down position the challenged position well you might get fired from your job or laid off lose your job somehow when you get this in the challenged position um and you know if you're not taking your work seriously you probably deserve to um anyway The overall is a feeling of, I don't care, I'm disenfranchised. Um, It could be anything from that to something quite devious and underhand, actually. And I do very strongly get the impression when I turn this card upside down that I'm looking at people who just resent other people doing well. And when I turn it back upside down, I've got the guy who's very, very happy with his work. He's He wants to do his best all the time for his sake and for the sake of everyone. And then we turn it back upside down and I get the, oh, the man runs the world. I don't want to get engaged with the world. I'm just going to steal money whenever I can. It's all shoddy and resentful and, uh, and mean and mean-spirited. Hmm. So there's uh, the Eight of Pentacles right there for you. Folks, um, let me do a little shameless commerce here. Visit my website, uh, aniavidician.com, because it'll tell you all of my upcoming conversations, presentations, events. All the classes that I offer on my website are available to you um, as a private group. You don't have to wait for a public announcement that I'm going to do this at some time in this town. If you want to get your own group together and study with me or just have a presentation or a talk, drop me a line. I'm very user friendly and I can customize just about any workshop in the field of spirituality and metaphysics and cocktails um, for your group. So check it out. Sign up for my newsletter the monthly message um, and all shall be well. And of course, knowledge of me will greatly enhance your lives. Oh, my darlings, where does the time go? How is it possible that we are almost at the end of the show? But we are almost at the end of the show. But I can't officially end the show until I finish my cocktail. So hold on. I hope you enjoyed listening in as much as I enjoyed recording because I love this show. I love the fact that I share it with you and I always have a blast. And I really thought about this cocktail. I thought, shall I try this or should I go with something really traditional like an Irish whiskey sour or maybe just a shot of Irish and a Guinness, you know? But then I thought, no, the world moves on. We can add a little sophistication these days. So today's real-life cocktail is made with Irish whiskey, but I'll say it's a bit on the posh side. And I was hesitant, I really was, but I'm glad I did make it because it's quite yummy. And it's called a good cork, a good cork, which is a very silly name, but it's a lovely cocktail. And it was created by a veteran New York City bartender, Phil Ward. Those of you who are martini heads um, will know about Phil Ward, he's quite a legend. And here's how you make it you will need the following ingredients. One ounce single pot still Irish whiskey. I'm uh, using the Kilbeggan single pot limited release today. One ounce of Mezcal, yes, Mezcal. I'm using cheap old Monte Alban. Half an ounce of Benedictine liqueur, which is the best liqueur God ever made. Two dashes of bitters. I'm using Peychaud's bitters today. And for a garnish, you want an apple slice. And this is what you do. You take the Irish whiskey, the mezcal, the Benedictine, and the bitters, and you put them all into a cocktail shaker or a mixing glass that has, um, you know, chipped ice. I like to do cracked ice. And you don't shake it. You stir it vigorously, but you stir it until it's well chilled. And then you strain it into a glass over fresh ice, not the ice that you used in the cocktail mixer. And then you garnish it with an apple, a plain apple. It can be any kind of apple, but don't use a toffee apple, just a plain slice. I've got a Granny Smith in mind today and it's absolutely delicious. A good cork from Phil Ward in New York City. Try it out. Now remember folks, Cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat. If you use top-quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one drink is all you need. Don't drink too much tomorrow. Honour the druids and honour your bodies. And may the rain always fall soft upon your fields and the sun pour down like honey where you stand. May the wind be at your back. And the road arise to meet you. And your soul rest at last. In the hollow of God's hand. I'm Arnie, very mad shaman, Avidisian. This was Metaphysical Martini. A production of Cosmic Reality Radio. To whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again. Practice common courtesy. Engage in critical thinking. And above all, let the spirit inhabit. The
2: human.
0: You have been listening to The Metaphysical Martini with Ani The Mad Shaman. A production of cosmicreality.com